ladies and gentlemen, I am Tony Chimmel, and welcome to Road Trip After Hours. Please welcome your host, Mac Davis, and WWE Hall of Famer, Kenny Long. Holler! Mac Davis and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long here with Road Trip After Hours 30-Minute Time Limit. Teddy, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Good to see you back. Uh, at, uh, how about your Thanksgiving? Was that pretty good? Oh, good Thanksgiving, man. I've, you know, had all the grandbabies over here, so there was a lot of... Uh, th- there's something behind you, like a turkey just walked behind you just now. What is that? Well, that's, that's <laughs> Mr. Rufus back there. <laughs> I saw something behind your head start going all kinds of crazy. I looked like a turkey was sitting behind you or something. But yeah, yeah, I had a, I, I, that's my security, man. That's right. That's we call him Sergeant Rufus here during the uh, the show. But it's really Mr. Rufus. (laughs) Teddy, uh, one of the things I want to get across before we even get started, folks, if you can do us a big favor, and it would be a huge favor, uh, if you could just go down there and subscribe. Just hit that subscribe button for us. Uh, That helps uh, us throw our uh, social media up. At the same time, we'll alert you of new videos that will be coming out when they first come out, which means you get a head start ahead of everybody else when you get those subscriptions right down there. Please. Yeah, and, right. we, and I want to thank everybody too, especially all the people that have already subscribed to us, man. Our, our, our numbers are going up every week. So all of you people that already subscribed, thank you very much. Keep on listening and uh, we're going to keep on giving it to you. Absolutely. And we do certainly appreciate it. Um, Teddy, I want to touch real quick on something that we had to cut off at the last show, which was the MJF promo. Now, before we get into that, Just before you and I started this recording, I happened to catch an audio feed from Tony Khan in AEW who was explaining the the events that have taken place since about the time of the press scrum to where he is now and the health of his mother and a lot of things that were going on behind the scenes. William Regal wanting to leave the company, going back to work with his son in the WWE. Uh, He was requesting that during all this. So there's a really good story that's breaking right now. I don't have enough, but I can tell you right now that uh, a lot of what we're about to say and what I'm about to say may be contributed to those factors of him going through you know, that health scare with his mother and all the problems that were taking place. Um, But the MJF promo, I sent it to you originally because of the length of the promo. Teddy, what did you think about that? Well, uh, you know, MJF is going to be MJF. You know what I mean? He he reminds me a lot of CM Punk. You know what I mean? So, you know, here's a guy, you know, that's going to just speak his mind and, you know, he's not afraid to say so. So I I got no problem with him. You know what I mean? Like I said, he doesn't work for me. I'm not his boss. Tony Khan is his boss. So I think if there's a problem right there, then Tony Khan is the guy that needs to straighten it out. Uh, Promo a little bit long, and and the only thing I think about being long, you know, you tune in to watch wrestling. You don't tune in to watch a guy talk for 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Unless he's talking about something that draws your attention or it has some interest. Now, you know, I think some of the stuff he was saying, it kind of got my attention, you know. Some of it, was, you know, was real. It kind of it made a lot of sense. Some of it, uh, you know what I mean, I didn't, you know, think was so tasteful. But that's, you know, that's my opinion. But, you know, I've... I've, I've don't know him very well. I met him on a couple of occasions, but seemed to be a real nice guy. So I got no problem with him. You know, if a man want to speak his mind, speak his mind. If the promo was a little long, then we need to talk to Tony Khan about that. 
Well, and again, it goes back to what I was just saying a minute ago. I, he was so preoccupied with so much going on behind the scenes, which I'm just hearing about now. And uh, with that, you kind of go, well, okay, maybe we can give him a pass that somebody didn't quite edit that promo down to where it could have been because maybe the eyes weren't as hard on it as they should have been. Um, but overall, the promo was really good with MJF and with um, William Regal, but I, I I just wish it was shorter. I wish they had been able to cut out a little bit of the, the extra fluff that was going on in there and get to the meat of the story, make that attack at the end, leave the impression, and walk away. Because uh, even the fans towards the end of that promo, if you listen close, they're they're starting to kind of get bored, and they're letting him know they're getting bored. And it's not just because he's healing on them. It's because they're legitimately getting bored so you know it, it's almost like a self-edit you know as you, as you get in the ring and over time that self-edit helps quite a bit because it makes you cut out a lot of the nonsense you know the nonsense that you don't need to, during a promo well a lot of times you know when you see the fans getting bored is that they don't understand what the promo is all about they have not a clue they just okay well they're just in the frame of well i'm tired of hearing this guy talk so, you know, like I said, <laughs> you got to have to know what's going on in this business. You know what I mean? But other than that, you know, we're going to move right along and get on our next topic. Yes. Eric Bischoff. That's what I want to talk about. Comments on Jim Cornette. Look, I, I want to make it clear. I like both guys. I have no issue with either one of these guys. And they both have said things that drive me crazy. But Eric Bischoff was uh, responding to a video from Bite This years back in the WWF. Uh, may, may have been WWE at that point. Um, and Jim Cornette had cut a promo on WCW. And Eric Bischoff was commenting back. But basically, what really got to me, let me read part of this. Just to make this make more sense. This is from Eric Bischoff. He says, quote, I don't dislike Jim. I really don't. He's oftentimes... And I hear things and hear things that he says that I think probably I agree with him on the product more times than not. But beyond being in the business and benefiting financially from being in the business, Jim Cornette has never done anything that improved the business. <laughs> Teddy, I have a hard time with that. I, if I'm looking at two guys, and I mean no disrespect to any anybody, no disrespect, um, but. I am 58 years old. I look at that and I hear him say that. And Jim Cornette is more of an icon and a someone that I respect in this business than more so than Eric Bischoff. Bischoff came through during the 90s, uh, you know, late 90s and early 2000s with the uh, Nitro and everything else. Did a great job. Not going to take that away from him. But he didn't spend an entire career from just a kid up to where he is now, still surviving. Jim, you've got to give him his props when it comes to uh, his business sense and how to make money from this business to this day. He's maintained his character. But to say that he didn't offer anything or leave anything for this wrestling business is just absolutely freaking crazy. Well, you know, I, I had a chance to listen to it, too. And, uh, you know, like I said, everybody has their own opinion, and that's Eric Bischoff's opinion. Uh, but, you know, after I listened to it, I kind of, you know, with my opinion on it, I think Eric, you handled, he was kind of real professional just yes, the way yes. he handled some of it. He, he really handled it like a man. And uh, like I said, I, I love Cornette, too. Him, me and I have all, him and I have always got along, and he's just a guy that I like because he's always told the truth. You know yes. what I mean? So, uh, you know, Cornette's a great friend of mine. Bishop's a great friend of mine. You know what I mean? These guys are going to have their differences. You know, like I said, I have differences with people, too. But it's just something basically to talk about. But I think, you know, in my own opinion, that Cornette certainly uh, achieved a lot in the professional wrestling world. 
Yeah, you know, I look at it this way. You know, maybe what you what Cornette has uh, given this business is just not seen uh, to the naked eye because a lot of what he did was influence how matches would take place, uh, different angles. I mean, there was a lot of influence from Jim in this business, was there not, Teddy? Well, a lot of people know, didn't know this. When I first started being a heel manager, you know, the, uh, the remember Jimmy Cornette, they all started chanting peanut head. Yep. Well, Jimmy Cornette was the guy that uh, started calling me peanut head. So that was, you know, it was kind of, you know, little, I had a little bit to do with it, but it was kind of Jimmy's idea. And the way it was his idea is I told him that uh, when I was a little kid, that was my nickname. And he said, oh, God, it's great. It's great. Let's call you that. You know, and so Jimmy, Jimmy Cornette, someone started <laughs> the peanut head. Well, uh, let's talk about something else uh, that's in the news, too, real quick, because we got a lot of in the news, but we got a lot of email, too. Jim Ross uh, made some comments on John Laurinaitis. I don't know if you've had a chance to see this, but let me read just real quick something that Jim said. This is regarding John Laurinaitis, uh, who's no longer with the WWE. Quote, I had a hard time, as time went on, trusting Laurinaitis. That's sad to say. I hired him. I gave him a job when he needed it. I don't think he treated me quite right. He just wanted to show Vince that he was a better manager than JR and all these things. So now his ass is without a job and he deserves the misery he's living. End quote. Ouch. Ouch. Well, I, I, I would say this. I, you know, that Jim Ross, you know, I'm glad he spoke out about it too. Yeah. Like I always told you. He hated me, and but he always ran up in my face laughing and grinning, you know, because, I, like I said, I never let him knew. Yeah. But anyway, but, but moving on, man. You know, thank you, JR. Good, 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 good to mention that. Uh, believe me, Lauren Niders ain't living on misery. Oh, brother, believe he, he could do shit to you, and it didn't bother him not one bit. So I don't think he's in no misery whatsoever. So, you know, uh, thank, thanks to JR, and, you know, hopefully maybe some other people may come you know, and, and tell the real side of him and the real story, you know, because there are some things that he doesn't oh, yeah. need, I haven't even talked about. So I'm I'm just saying, man, it's, it's just just good riddance. That's all I can say. Um, Let's see. I want to ask you one more thing before we take a break. Teddy, it, it, you know, I, I find myself at times going, man, if I could just go back to this age and time, I want to relive that one more time. Just one more time. What time is that for you? Was there a time where if you could just – what, for whatever reason, doesn't have to be about wrestling, but if, if it's a time that you could just go back to, what would that be? Well, <laughs> oh God, I don't know. I guess probably would go back to maybe my my wrestling career because that you know I, when I was young, I was a disc jockey on a radio station, yep. so I did that for a while, and I worked for James Brown for a while. But you know, I didn't. You know, I, I was young. I guess I didn't really understand the value of those jobs and I didn't understand the position that I was in. So I didn't take them serious. So I was, you yeah. know, acting a fool everywhere. So, uh, I think when I got into, got, went to it, actually when I went to the WWE and I started working with Vince, I started learning a lot of stuff. I started understanding, you know, that this is a business. This is about drawing money. And he made me understand that. Like I said, he made a man out of me and made me understand what this was all about. And so when uh, the night that he gave me the position as general manager, I think if I could relive that all over again, that would that would <laughs> that would be yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, for those who are watching us right now, uh, coming up uh, next week, I think it's next week, uh, Vince's documentary hits Vice TV. 
Uh, so that yeah. drops. And I also saw where we, there's another documentary coming out on Ric Flair that'll be on Peacock, I think, a week later. So, but the Vince one is the one that's got me interested. You know, I, because yeah. Vince has been, he was always kind of like the Undertaker. You never heard much about Vince. I mean, you knew the character on TV, but you never heard about Vince. And uh, so I'd be curious to see if this documentary gives us the real look at who Vince McMahon truly is. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will. And, and, and hopefully, you know, nowadays, you know, they'll tell the truth. You know, yes. you, a lot of people didn't like Vince, uh, call him a tyrant or whatever. But I never had any problem with Vince. That that man is re the reason, you know, where I am today. You know, him and him and the good Lord. So, you know, I had no problem with him. He took care of me. He just found out what I could do, and he used it. And so I, I rewarded him back by doing my job. Which is what everybody should do in any job. Keep that in mind. Right. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. We'll be back in 60 seconds right here for more Road Trip After Hours 30-minute time limit. Psychoanalysis for today's guest is provided by the International House of Shrinks, serving the collective psyche of our audience for over 14 years. So bring your fears and phobias, hallucinations and delusions to the International House of Shrinks. 15 couches, no waiting. Also brought to you by... Grammar Lessons for today's show was provided by old Mrs. O'Malley, who have been teaching we local citizens how to talk good for more longer than 13 years. <laughs> Davis and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long back with more Road Trip After Hours 30-minute time limit. And it's time now to open the mailbag. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Those letters. Let's find out what you got to say. Oh boy! Mailman! Mail today! Teddy, here is question number one. You managed. Right. You'll see. It said, oh, I'm sorry. This comes from Tim G in Chicago. You All right. It says you managed the skyscrapers in WCW. But I heard you and Sid didn't get along. Why? I, I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> Maybe I, well, I must well, be missing a story. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, you you know, it wasn't just you know we didn't get along. Sid was just in his own world. He wanted to do his own thing. So then I heard one time. Uh, I, in fact, somebody sent it to me. I saw on uh, Twitter where he tweeted out that I smoked a whole bunch of marijuana and smoked the stems and all this kind of stuff. So oh lord, I, you okay. Know, yeah, what, yeah what, see, I didn't know about that. About? So, yeah, but, other than that, so I just left Sid alone. Uh, let me ask you a question about Sid, because everybody always heard about the softball, how he preferred to go play softball sometimes over wrestling. 
Was there any truth to that? Did he not show some shows just to go uh, play a softball game? Yes, that's true. Wow. Wow. All right, here we go. Question number two. If you came back into the WWE, who would you like to manage? That comes from Carly in Texas, who writes also, I've watched every show. P.S. Why isn't this show? Hey, I agree. Why isn't this show on the WWE Network? Hey, we agree with that. It's my new favorite, she says. So thank you very much. But anyhow, go back to uh, the question, which was, what was the question? Uh, she wanted to know if uh, I came back to the WWE, who would I want to manage? Yes, yes. Um, I, I just don't know. You know, I, I'm really not interested in managing anybody. So, you know, that would have to be a WWE call, you know, and then that, you know, and then, then I would maybe have some interest. But right now, you know, I'm just uh, taking it easy, living the rest of my life, enjoying what me and Mac are doing here, entertaining you guys right here on the road trip after hours. So I, I just don't know anybody I would want to manage. But anybody that they, if they wanted me to do that and anybody that they put me with, I guarantee you we'd be successful. You know, I'm wondering, is is it time now for them to have a figure, uh, a, a kind of an authority figure on these shows again? I miss that, you know, because th yeah. there needs to be a narrator to the show. And basically, that's what I've always seen, you know, your role and, you know, the roles like we play when we do independent shows now. We kind of narrate the show and what's coming up. Well, you know, I don't know. You know, everything, I guess, has its time and place. So I think maybe the authority figures played out. They're not interested in that anymore. It doesn't do anything for the audience maybe that's how they think but only one thing about vince he would do this you know if something was gone he may he'd bring it back and try it and see if it worked okay and okay. then if it didn't he'd move right along but i don't think anybody would, want to, would even take the time not even want to try to make it work mm. all right let's see we have uh angela in south carolina she writes any stories from your time with johnny b bad uh yeah, a lot of great stories with uh Johnny B. Bad. I had a good time managing him. Uh maybe he didn't know this, but I was the guy that gave him the name Johnny B. Bad because uh wow. when we were getting ready to portray him, uh we went in and had this meeting with Dusty, God rest his soul. He was the booker at that time. So Dusty was gonna name him Tutti Fruity because he looked so much like little Richard. Yeah. And so we, so we didn't say nothing, you know. So when we got outside of the room, he comes to me and says, hey, Teddy, please, please, please. I don't want to be called Tutti Fruity. Can you get him to name something else? Name something? I said, I don't know. I don't know. So I sit there, me and him thought about it, and I came up with this little rhyme. I said, all the, all the fly guys will be mad and all the fly girls will be glad. Get ready for Johnny B. Bad. And I, and I told that to Justin, and he liked it. I like that, baby. Let's go with that. I like it. Good, good, so good, that, good. So you saved him from Tutti Fruity. Yeah, but that's how he got his name. <laughs> Let's see. Bert in Nebraska is asking, were you a wrestling fan before getting into the business? And if so, who did you like? Well, I just started going down to the TV station watching the TV tapings on Saturday morning. So there was really no no favorite. You know, I just, you know, kind of hated the bad guys and liked all the good guys. Yep. So, but I was just down there looking and, and you know, just having fun with the wrestling and uh, taking my kid down, you know, so we could watch it. So that's how I became involved. And like I said, I met Abdullah the Butcher during that time. And he didn't know his way around. And so I was just blessed to start showing him around. And when I did that, I would take him to the TV station every Saturday morning. And that was the way that I was able to get in the back with the boys. So yep. that's how my career, that's kind of how it kind of started. Did you, when you were young as a, as a little kid, were you into wrestling? 
Was there was no, it was no. it probably wasn't really on TV back then, was it? No. Well, it might have been, but I I never watched it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Don Davis from Facebook asked, any memories or stories of working with Bullet Bob Armstrong? Oh, yeah, man. Great guy to work with. Uh, you know, at his age, you know, God rest his soul, he was still training in the gyms. I had a chance to work out with him in the gym and stuff, too. And uh, Bullet, Bullet Bob gave me a lot of advice, too. He was a guy that you could always go to and sit down and talk to, and he would always be honest and tell you the truth. So he's certainly being missed. What was the biggest match you ever refed? Well, I, I can't say, read the name, so I'm sorry. Well, that uh, I imagine uh, I had a couple. Uh, the one was uh, Chi Town Heat, Ric Flair, and uh, Steamboat. Yep. And then I had another one I remember in Norfolk, Virginia, the Midnight Express uh, was against somebody. I can't remember who it was, but God, Lee, they had a hell of a match. It might have been the Fantastics, I think. But uh, that was that was that was kind of one that I always remember. Teddy, were you still in uh, the it was it would have been the NWA or WCW? I'm trying to remember now. Back when Dusty was working in the Omni, uh, when the four horsemen started beating him down inside the cage, and the fans started rushing the cage, were you yeah, working I was, there? I was there. Wow can you can you explain how that went down and what it was like watching that? Well, that well it went down because it's pretty scary. You know what I mean? Because I mean that. For me, I'm 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 just you know hang start you know hanging around, yeah. And then I see all these people, you know. That's the first time I really had a chance to witness something like a riot. But uh, that was that was pretty scary because brother, you got a you got a building full of people that might have been fifteen, sixteen thousand people in that army. What was everybody doing in the back? Were they freaking out as well, trying to figure out what they could do to calm it down? Well, you, ain't really nothing you can do to calm it down. You know, you just kind of hope the police get there and they can do that job because see, if you run out in the crowd, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Then, you know, with the fans there, you don't know who's got a gun, who's got yep. a knife back then. You know what I mean? You could put, pretty much carry anything in your pocket or, that you wanted. Wow. So that was that was pretty, pretty horrific there. Yeah, because you hear the stories of the guys coming back from the ring saying they got their ass handed to them on the way back. Even with the policemen and the billy clubs and all they could do to keep the fans off of them, they got in the back and just had the shit beat out of them. Yeah. Let's see. We had time for one more, I believe. We actually probably don't. I'm just going to do it anyhow. Uh, Jacob in South Dakota wants to know what music do you enjoy? Uh, I don't really have any favorite music. I listen to uh <laughs> I don't uh -oh. even listen to my radio in the in the car, man. I, I don't really have any favorite music too. Let's see. I like uh DJ Khaled, um Wiz Khalif. I like him. I listen to Snoop, uh, you know what I mean? I'm a good good friends and um uh there's another group, uh all uh offset. I I like the amigos. I love those guys. I listen to them. When you grew up, what were you listening to? Oh, I was in, in radio when I was growing up, so I had a lot of James Brown stuff, Jackie Wilson. Man, yeah. I, a lot of people may not remember him back there. There, Curtis Mayfield, the impressions. If you look on my phone, you'll find a whole channel uh, that's devoted to that because I I love that music. I really do. That's that best <laughs> time in music to me. I yeah, mean, if you're man. looking for good music, that's it right there. Hey, exactly. Teddy, I, I've been hiding something from you during the show here. Hold on. Don't start taking off your clothes now. Well, it's, it's a bit, just a Superman open here. There you go. Road trip oh, after wow. hours. <laughs> now, this, that's a purple shirt, just in case the light's not hitting it right. That's a purple shirt with a logo. And you can get these now at ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to Road Trip After Hours, and you'll find this particular shirt right there. You can buy it right online. And, hey, just in time for the holidays. 
And it's got our name on it. It's Mac Davis and Teddy Long. We're right there, right in front of you. That's right. So, And you can bring it to any show that we're at, and we'll sign it for you for free if you bring it to us. Exactly. It won't cost you anything. Because you just buy the shirt, we'll sign it. Sounds fair enough, doesn't it, Teddy? It's fair enough for me. <laughs> I'm Mac Davis. That is WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and this is Road Trip After Hours, 30-minute time limit. Happy holidays, everybody. Holla. Holla, player. Holla, player.